Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies and talk about them with you, the listener. Hot Takes is not the only podcast we do on StoryScreenBeacon.com. We do many other podcasts. We show movies. We write articles. We do all kinds of crazy shit. So if you're here right now, smash a like button. or where, I don't know where you listen to this, but do something that shows a positive affirmation because I'm very sad and I need help. Uh, my name is Robbie Anderson, the sad host of all time. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm joined by Jack Kolodetsky. Hello there, veteran Robert. of Hot Takes fame. Hey, how you oh, doing? Oh, I partake, you know. <laughs> I do a hot every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while. Hot. Uh, and we're joined by a very special guest, first timer to Hot Takes. Not a first timer to Story Screen, but Sophia Aquisto. Hello. You, Thanks for having me. How you doing, Sophia? I'm doing well. <laughs> good. Are you excited to be on Hot Takes? I am. Like, I listen to this, like, fairly often, so I'm, like, really excited to be part of it. Who's your, like, who's really. your favorite host? Uh-oh. Who's your, who's your least favorite? Just say Bernadette favorite? so it's, uh, so it's not, uh... <laughs> no, I was. My favorite is probably, like, Diana or Bern. Okay. Like, I love when, when the ladies do the takes. Like, I know it's not hot takes, but I love their freaks and geeks. And, like, yeah. yeah that's a good one. And your we least favorite, gonna... and your least favorite is me or Mike or Jack? I mean, I think I'll plead the fifth here, but uh, <laughs> fair, good, good point. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're here to do a hot take on a on a very cool movie called Sound of Metal. Uh, you can stream Not the this. Sound of Metal, just Sound of Metal, just, just Sound, Sound of Metal. Metal. It is uh, directed by Darius Martyr. It's starring Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook. It is uh, it is a cool movie. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, we're gonna do spoiler free. In this first half of Hot Takes, as we normally do. And if you're looking for a place to watch it, it is on Amazon Prime. So if, you know, while you're hitting click and giving, giving Jeffy, Jeffy Bez, Bez, Bez his monies, just go over to your Prime subscription and watch, uh, watch this movie. Get something out of the deal. Get you know? something out of the deal, you know? Get some art, <laughs> get some art out of here. Support yeah. everybody. Um, to begin, Jack, what's your hot take on Sound of Metal? Uh, I like Sound of Metal a lot. Um, I thought it was a really cool movie. Uh, obviously it's a movie that is very focused on like on, on growing to learn, uh, to live, um, with a disability. Um, I was, I will say just setting this up, I was a little bit disappointed because I think I had kind of low expectations going into this movie. I didn't really know much about it, but I knew it was kind of about, you know, someone who's involved in the, uh, metal punk hardcore scene. And there's like some setup there in the beginning. It's a little bit disappointed how that kind of just became like set dressing really for the rest of the movie that didn't really matter so much we'll talk about it i guess when we get into the like more spoiler free version but it's definitely i think it's really good at 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 portraying one aspect of a lifestyle um i guess if you call that a lifestyle becoming deaf a lifestyle but like one very specific like component of this person's life and not so much about the other component so for me personally, that was a bit of a bummer just because I, you know, I've been going to punk hardcore shows for like my whole life pretty much. Um, but otherwise, cool movie. Sophia, what is your hot take on Sound of Metal? Like Jack, I kind of had low expectations going in. I just didn't know much about it. I didn't know what it would be about just because it's going to wing it. But I really loved it. I study deaf culture and ASL at New Paltz, SUNY New Paltz. 
And it was really cool to watch um, if you're familiar with deaf culture or ASL at all. And that's deaf with a capital D for the community. Um, there's a whole culture and community because the deaf community doesn't see deafness as a disability. It's a whole culture that you're a part of. Um, so it, it was really cool the way they accurately showed deaf people. Um, and they actually don't use ASL. It's actually PSE, Pigeon Sign English. So for example, like an English sentence, that house is red. ASL has like a whole different grammar. So it'd be like house there, red there. Meanwhile, pigeon signed English, like they talk perfect English mm -hmm. where they'd say like the house is red and sign house and red. So they're kind of using sign to assist what they say, which is more accurate to deaf people in general. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool to, to see the accuracy, um, with the actors that portrayed, uh, the deaf people. Is one type of sign language used more than the other or, or are they, are they kind of in tandem in that way? I think they used pigeon sign English because it's easier for a hearing audience to understand. Okay. Um, because it's just easier to talk perfect English and have someone understand it and sign, do some signing to assist. Mm hmm um, but it is a popular way. Like I had a deaf professor at New Paltz and she would just talk to us like, in like perfect English and sign to assist, like to reemphasize what she was saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was cool. cool. I, I think that's like where I'm not, not disappointed because I still like the movie a little bit or a lot, but the same like care that it took and it, it seemed really well informed and like in the right place with the deaf community and deaf culture it was i wish it was a little bit better about the, like the culture the like m music part of the culture which it kind of got away from pretty quickly but well jack where do some of these uh inaccuracies lie with punk and, and the metal scene and shows and whatnot um it's not even like it's an inaccuracy per se like the two like playing music and and you know it's about um uh, Rizamed's character is, is named Ruben and he's kind of touring with a band. Um, that's just a two piece with him and his, uh, girlfriend Lou, uh, played by Olivia cook. Um, and you know, the, the setup for this movie is that he loses his hearing, um, and things kind of fall apart with like the band. And then, you know, it's him learning to like live with, um, without hearing, um, and it's again, it's not so much inaccuracy. It's just like very quickly the movie didn't wasn't about that music lifestyle at all, other other than him wanting to kind of go back to it or like missing out on it, um, and kind of just seem like like the setup set dressing rather than like uh, anything that was super important throughout the movie. I guess. Well, maybe it's because that's more of a hearing culture thing, and that's fine. Like yeah, Jeff yeah. Like, with deaf culture, they have their own way of enjoying music. Like, not to spoil things that happen in the movie. It's just a thing in deaf culture. Mm -hmm. There's different ways they enjoy feeling the beat of sound. So I think it's interesting that they re they emphasized more how deaf culture enjoys music compared right. to hearing culture. And I think, I think if anything, like, there may be... I, I don't want to backseat direct this movie, but, like, I feel like that they did kind of just walk away from his his relationship with music, pretty much, besides a couple mm -hmm. scenes here and there, but like, there's no like, you know, for a movie called the sound of metal, there's just not yeah. very much, not the sound of metal. I already did it. There we go. Sound of metal <laughs> for a movie called sound of metal. There wasn't just, there wasn't much metal other than a few like 
band t-shirts are like oh he's wearing a jism t-shirt or a rudimentary penny t-shirt like cool or a youth of today t-shirt like cool but that was kind of it like it was a little bit surface level but that kind of culture is never really represented well in movies so oh well uh i mean there is like children of a lesser god that got best picture so have you guys seen children of a lesser god i've never even heard of that movie. oh it's so good um actually the woman won best actress she's the youngest person to have ever won best actress she was 21 and children of a lesser god is this movie i actually watched it in a deaf culture class um it's like a romance between this like college professor who's hearing and this janitor at the school who's a young woman she's deaf and it's a really and the actress is deaf too and she's also the first deaf actress to win an oscar so it was like a huge deal in the deaf community that they were getting so much exposure um and publicity so definitely check it out especially if you enjoyed this movie i thought you were referencing children of a lesser god as a movie about the like uh, har- uh metal or punk community oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah kind of there's like some music elements too but i won't get into spoilers of children of lesser god <laughs> Um, uh, my hot take on uh, Sound of Metal is I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I see Jack's criticisms as well, I, and I see um, uh, Sophia's uh, glowing praises. Um, and I, you know, I do, I can't understand that, like, you know, if you, having the perspective from a certain scene and, like, almost seeing it represented on screen and not getting that being a bit disappointing. Um, for me, you know, uh, I've been, I've been to a punk show or two, but not that many. So that is not the background I come from, but, uh, I very much, I very, very, very much enjoy this movie. I think it is one of the best movies of the year. I think it looks great. I think that, uh, something we didn't really touch on and, and we probably will talk about more as, as the podcast goes on, but the way that it uses sound and decides to not use sound Mm -hmm. and the ways that it shows how deaf people communicate very rhythmically, um, but not always using sound and audio. Like, you know, there, there's like a scene of a bunch of them at a table and they're like touching and patting each other and, and like pointing and stuff. And there's like, Banging there's a beat the to it. There's a rhythm like that, yeah. to it. Yeah. And it's, and it's very interesting to see. And, and as our protagonist has to kind of like learn to absorb that as, as a different way of sound and also to like live with silence, which is kind of like the, the big point of the movie is, is, is living with silence and finding it as, as, uh, as a place of like solace. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I think it's, I think the performances are, are amazing. I think Riz Ahmed is amazing in the movie. Um, he rocks. He's, he's so he's good. He's very good. Very metal. He's, he ro- he's very metal. Um, yeah, he's, 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 he's metal yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. They're in the metal van. Um, yeah, I really, 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 really like this movie. Uh, it is, it is definitely one of my favorites. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. I just think it's interesting how this movie is kind of tackling two, two different cultures, two different communities um, at the same time. Um, and well, I think it really has... A, it's second like three, because it also deals a lot with like, addiction as well. Um, that too. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, the, one of the places he goes to, they, they deal with, you know, deaf people, but also people who are struggling with addiction as well. Right. Yep. Um, and it seems very, like, very in tune and very, like, well-informed and very respectful to the, to the deaf community. 
I just wish there was that amount of detail or attention for the, the other part, too. I mean, I think it would be hard to spend a lot of time in the middle. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, it's just like, not what the movie's really about. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think, yeah, the way that it uses, like, diegetic and non-diegetic sound is very interesting. I, the performances are very good. Um, you guys saw it in in a theater. How how was that? Did was it cool? There Sounded was a good. lot of stuff that I rewatched it on Amazon Prime, and there's a lot of stuff that I appreciated more on the big screen. Like a lot of times, there's like writing because like uh, like they're trying to like communicate something to a hearing person, so they write something down, and I couldn't really read that on like a small like computer screen with Amazon I had, Prime. I had a little trouble with that. Uh, and my TV is yeah, like it's, it's, it's like a good size, you know. But like there are definitely times where I was like, what? I actually, uh, I yeah. watched the movie with subtitles the entire time because I, I prefer to watch movies with subtitles, especially if I'm watching things late at night. I don't want to pump anything too loud because of you know, my neighbors and stuff. Um, and it's cool because there are some lines of dialogue when uh, Ruben is first like entering this deaf world and there's not any, um, uh, there's no captions for people signing at him and stuff. Um, and then later in the movie when there's maybe kind of like a time jump and he maybe knows a few more things, uh, they actually, they start adding in the captions cause he, cause now our protagonist like, can me. understand it. And it's very, it's very interesting. Um, it, I thought that was a very cool choice that they, you know, if you were watching it as like a hearing, you know, as a member of like a hearing audience and you'd be like, I don't really know what they're saying. And then eventually as, as your kind of like protagonist learns, then, then you kind of like get the gateway to learning that stuff as well. I so that was very cool. Did you have to enable those subtitles, Robbie? I did, yeah. That's interesting. Do you want to say why, Sophia? Yeah, Jack. I was remember like I rewatched it with my dad on Amazon Prime, and I was waiting for the subtitles to come on because if I remember correctly, when we watched it in the theater, there was subtitles, yes. right? Yes. So that's so the interesting thing. So when I watched it, yeah, I watched it with my dad on Amazon Prime. And I was waiting for them to come on, and they didn't. So then I tried playing around with the, with the captions, and they didn't. Oh. And it was just different. It was a lot better in the theater. I don't know why they did that. I thought the movie was captioned itself. Yeah, and the whole movie in the theater was had closed captioning, even when, yeah. even in the intro, even, like before. Yeah, yeah, like That's the whole time. And Mike brought it up before we started watching it. He was like, "There was something about this movie that, um, as soon as I turned it on, I like." said to the distributor like hey i think something is up and he like didn't say what it was he's like you'll know what it is right away um and uh and yeah it was like there's closed cap there were closed captions for the entirety of the I movie i think i i read on the um like imdb trivia for the movie that the director says the the, the film is intended to have captions the entire time right that is right. that is like the movie was created for that to be there the the entire time mm-hmm um, which makes because sense. what's the point of a movie on deaf culture if deaf people can't enjoy exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah, I thought that <laughs> That's was, what that I was the thing was the interesting part of of the theater experience is like it has that community. It's like respectful and has that community in mind from the exactly. very beginning of the movie. So it's interesting that it's not like hard coded into the Amazon Prime version of the movie. Like you can disable that is interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it was there the whole time. I, I always have subtitles on. So mm. I didn't like just turn them on for this movie. I just had them on already. You know what I mean? No, it wasn't on. I turned it on and oh, uh, oh, right. the subtitles say, weren't yes. working. You yeah. did say that. My bad. Yeah. So uh, they should be enabled automatically for that movie, mm-hmm. or just like come like like hard copy stock in there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, I, I'm ready to talk about specifics. Uh, do you guys have any more spoiler-free impressions before we talk about spoilies? I did find out a fun fact about one of the actors. Oh, yeah? <laughs> There's a guy named, a character named Joe, who I'll just say is a man who's really invested in deaf culture, who's fluent in ASL, and the actor Paul Ratchie. Um, he's a coda, which is a child of deaf adults. Like, he was raised by two deaf parents. Um, so that is his native language, ASL. So it's really cool seeing that people actually, like, yeah, that's cool. I read that, ASL. I read that as well, and it's very cool. He's just, uh, he's such a good part of this movie as well. He's so good. Yeah, he's great. I just fired it up on Amazon Prime, and yeah, no subtitles for yeah. me either. That's Damn. that kind of stinks. That's sort yeah. of a bummer. I would say to anybody who's listening to this spoiler free and is going to go check it out on Amazon Prime, uh, turn on subtitles. Yeah, caption up. Absolutely. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll be right back to talk about who dies or who doesn't die. In the sound. We're going to talk about what happens in The Sound of Metal. Uh, we, I think the three of us, for all various reasons, recommend at least checking this movie out for yourself. Uh, I really dug it. And uh, yeah, and if you do watch it, uh, be sure to listen to the rest of this episode and be sure to, you know, tell your friends to listen to this. Please. Hello and welcome back to Hot Takes, the show where you know what I said earlier. You were listening, weren't you? Did you not bring your homework to class? Did you forget? Well, you have to. You have to go. You have to go home. Fuck you. Robbie's gonna spank you now. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you spank. It's the old school in this house. That's not true. We're no, hands off. No, we're pretty new school. Don't let my mustache fool you, listener. Oh, I'm new school. Um, hello, fellow kids. Uh, yeah, so we're back to talk about spoilies for Sound of Metal. Um, you know, Sophia, I like having you around in general, but, uh, you know, we oh, brought you, you on to talk about some, some specific ASL stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, uh, between in the break, you, you brought some notes. Is there anything you'd like to start the conversation off with in the spoiler I, section? I this is nice. Definitely... Robbie and I are idiots. We don't know anything about anything. We don't know. We so it's nice that. to have somebody on the podcast <laughs> who knows something about something. I mean, I'm not going to like, for all the people who are listening and are actually in the deaf community, I'm not going to pretend I'm speaking from you because I'm not in the deaf community. I only study it. (laughs) So disclaimer. I don't know if we have too many members of the deaf community that listen to our podcast. Well, I mean, like if there's like parents of a deaf child. Fair enough. You know. Or if there's a way that this can be transcribed. If you are. Is there a way? Let us know. (laughs) There should be. There should be. Definitely. I, I agree. Robbie's going to start transcribing every word of this podcast, starting with this one. So There we go. That sounds like a bad time. La la lu la lo, wa wa wee wa. Have fun transcribing this. That's a bingo. Bingo. It'd just be a lot of overlapping dialogue the entire time. Sophia, I ask you graciously to start us off. Well, I definitely want to, I think I'll wait on the cochlear implant because that's near the end of the movie, sure. but there's something I want to talk about that unless you're invested in deaf culture, you might not have caught. There's a part where Ruben's at the rehabilitation place, um, learning how to be deaf and, um, somewhere around the middle of the movie, um, he sits down with Joe and remember they're outside 
So it's like he's he already knows some ASL, and he's um, talking to Joe in ASL. He's more comfortable with it. And there's one part where Joe um, points out he has a name sign now. That's actually a really significant indicator of uh, Ruben's acceptance with and from the deaf community because he's given a name sign. That's like a really big honor and distinction um, in the deaf community. Like, even though I study ASL, I cannot give myself a name sign. That's something only a deaf person can give you, someone who's native in ASL. So Ruben's sign is an owl because Ruben has like really large eyes. He's given like a little owl sign. It's like a C by your eye. So um, it's a really cool moment because it's really showing his acceptance in the deaf community. It's interesting that Joe says, in the, if I'm remembering this correctly, he says, like, I love your sign. And then he, like, makes a sign, like the owl sign. So, like, yeah. is that something that someone gives to you or you choose for yourself? How does you that don't normally... choose it. Okay, so someone it's gives normally, it to you. Yes, it's given to you by a native deaf person, someone who's native in ASL. And it's usually based on a physical characteristic. So... Um, if you sm- like, if you smile a lot and your first name begins with a P, it might be a P by your cheekbone. Or mm. um, if you have uh, long eyebrows, it might be by your eyebrow. So it's usually a characteristic about you. Okay, that's interesting. You have no choice because, do, like, do people you- <laughs> have like sassy names? Like, would someone like give me like, oh, I like grumpy all the fucking time? So would someone? Give oh me, yeah, like, they're oh, like, like <laughs> yeah, they're very. Ex- Oh, absolutely. It'll be based on your expressions, your personality, you have no say. But it makes more sense in the deaf community, because when you're signing someone, you're not going to sign your name. You're not going to finger spell it Mm -hmm. every time you say someone's name, especially if it's long. So I'm not going to spell like for Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, every time I say me, I'll just do an S like somewhere around my face. Yeah, cool. Like if you meet someone. Were there any uh, inaccuracies? You, you spoke about how, how accurate you felt the movie was. Were there any inaccuracies that kind of like struck you in any way? Yeah. Uh, one part with the cochlear implant. Should I get into that yet or wait? Uh, yeah. I yeah, would. we can go yeah. any order. It's cool. Yeah. So for the cochlear implant, um, I knew there was going to be issues right away with Ruben's attitude of, oh, I just need the surgery. I'll just get the quick surgery. That's yeah. all I need. And then I'll be healed. He learns that yeah. it's, not, it's not very what he thought it was, right? Yes. One unrealistic part of this movie. I love this movie. But one unrealistic part is that how shocked Ruben is by how bad his implant sounds. It's such a big procedure that costs so much. He would have been counseled. It wouldn't be the audiologist saying, surprise, it's not going to sound like normal sound. Sure. So he would have been um, because told ahead of time yes he would have been told that it's less successful the older you are results are generally best with infants toddlers um that get the implant they usually have the best results the older you are the less good it'll likely sound also you don't quote unquote get your hearing back you can never get your hearing back when you get the implant you lose all residual hearing you're officially like completely deaf um the operation bypasses your damaged cochlea and your auditory nerve sends electrical signals to your brain to interpret as sound so you're not hearing sound it's not natural sound your brain is just tricking you into thinking you're hearing so it's very static very robotic computery um it's not real sound so he shouldn't have expected it to be like sound um also i knew there would be issues with joe like after he gets the implant he sits down with joe and i'm like 
uh-oh, <laughs> because people in the deaf community getting an implant, it's, it's, it's generally a big deal. It's an insult kind of to their culture. Deaf culture is already a minority culture. Mm-hmm. It's not a disability to them. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a community. It's a culture. And when you get an implant, you're seeing it as something to be fixed, like something's wrong with you. Um, you're minimizing their culture in their eyes, typically. Um, so deaf people generally want to fiercely preserve their culture, such as Joe. And he says to Ruben, he says, you know, we don't want the deaf kids seeing you with an implant like they need to be fixed. Because they need to remind themselves every day, Joe says, that this isn't something to be fixed. So, um, yeah, it, it was not surprising at all that Joe was not accepting of Ruben's implant. Yeah, I think that's that's a way that, the and I'm, this is from a perspective that's not really familiar with this community. This is something I've kind of learned, but I thought that the movie did a pretty good job of, through Joe expressing like, and Joe being someone who had grown very close to Ruben, obviously, over, the, over you know, the period of time that he was there and learning and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like he seemed really hurt by it and really like devastated by the just him basically having to exile Ruben for making that Mm -hmm. choice like it seemed like he himself really took that like personally and took it hard and it was a hard thing for him to have to say to Ruben like you can't stay here anymore because of this um and I wonder if you know the I think maybe what the movie might have been missing was like a line where they get the counseling where where Ruben gets some of that counseling before he go, undergoes the procedure because I do think it fits with his character for basically like a doctor explaining to him that this procedure is not going to restore his hearing but him just Ignoring kind of it. holding on to that faith that he he will be able to you know that or the, that kind of like desire that he had to go back to his lifestyle as it was before he lost his hearing um to just kind of like tune out a little bit what the doctor was saying and you know just still have that hope that he could get all that stuff back even with even with like you know extensive counseling about what the the reality of the procedure would be and it's not extensive, but he that does kind of happen. Like when he first and really early in the movie, when he gets that initial hearing exam. Yeah, he kind of doesn't listen at like, all to what the yeah. doctor is saying. He's not yeah, really the doctor's like, it. Well, Yeah, the doctor's like, there's a surgery. And he's like, oh, cool, just give me the surgery. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, no, it costs like $50,000 and it's really invasive. He was like, okay, I'll just save the money. Yeah, They could right. expand it on that. But right. Yeah. I mean, he also doesn't really listen to the doctor when the doctor says you know this could be caused by damage and he goes right back and plays a show like immediately yeah anyway, so yeah i was surprised by how rapidly he was losing his hearing i don't know how accurate or not accurate that is to to people who have damaged hearing loss and then are going from you know damaged hearing to to full-blown like complete loss of of hearing um because it happened it happened between like two or three shows right that he was playing yeah, I feel like normally it would be a lot more gradual. Yeah. Also, um, my dad is a musician who has lost his hearing uh-huh. uh, due to concerts and stuff. He's yeah. he's not deaf, but one his I think his right ear is almost deaf. Um, so it's it was interesting to kind of watch that with him and watch his reactions. Um, yeah. It is more gradual, generally. This, it was this, actually. 
Oh, go ahead, Robbie. I was just going to say, there's a lot of parts of this movie that just made me feel very anxious. Um, as someone who's uh, afraid of like all bodily ailments as I'm getting older, <laughs> I just like have constant anxiety that I'm falling apart. But uh, a few years ago, I did get um, diagnosed with tinnitus, so I have like a ringing in my ear. But before I knew what it was, I thought like... I was like, I'm going deaf. I was like, it's all, I, I don't know. I like, what am I going to do? And, you know, luckily tinnitus is not necessarily always linked with, with hearing loss or, or losing your hearing, but it was, and it's actually kind of gotten more manageable over time. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, just like some of those moments, like it just, it, it really resonated with me with just like the kind of the frantic anxiety he was having in the beginning of the movie, like really like resonated with me where I like, I, I, I felt it too. I was like, Oh my God, this is so fucking stressful. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, a conversation that we had pretty much immediately after we left the theater, Sophia, where I brought up the idea that, you know, the doctor mentioned to him, there's multiple reasons why you could be losing your hearing here in this way. And I said that, you know, he, he went back and had this procedure without even ever, ever undergoing more testing as to just understand <coughs> where the loss of his hearing came from, whether it was, whether it was, you know, his musical lifestyle or if it was some sort of like, you know, um, autoimmune response or something like that. And, uh, you had, you, you said like, oh, it seems obvious to me, like that there was just the music that caused him to go deaf. And that's, I think that part for me is what it was like, okay, so the metal part of this movie is just like the setup for him losing his hearing. And then they kind of like ditch that whole culture or lifestyle from there, other than him wanting to, you know, return to his normal life. I think that is what like, really for me and i know i keep harping on this for a movie that i otherwise think is a great movie um but like that part is like ah the metal part is really just that made him deaf and that's kind of it outside of like a few band t-shirts here and there um that was kind of well it's also it's also kind of like what he's fighting to get back with the surgery like with the surgery he doesn't want just his hearing back he wants his girlfriend back he wants his old life back so i guess it's also kind of his motivator to stay in the camp at first right right yeah you know it could have been interesting to see him you know because he was trying to more reclaim a lifestyle less like reclaim his ability to play music professionally uh it would have you know we do get scenes where he's playing music with kids and teaching them cues and and how they're all feeling music in that in that way so cute which i thought yeah i thought was like incredible and in in a lot of ways, and I think the the movie is obviously positing that that he will have the struggle where it's just like you know you could do music here in this way and it might be even more fulfilling than what you were doing before. If anything, know? being a drummer is best case scenario for losing your hearing. Like, yeah, you can get by. I think with rhythm and timing that is ingrained in your system. I mean, there's and, that and beautiful, vibration is a big part yeah. of it too. So there's that beautiful I mean, moment. Was like, deaf. Well, yeah, I was gonna say this movie, you know, definitely kind of like elicits the, the the story of Beethoven in a lot of ways, um, which I thought was cool. And yeah, and like there's that beautiful scene where he's communicating with the kid on the slide and that's kind of like the breakthrough moment. That's like, yeah. you know, we, we go through, act, we're, in, we're in like the, the middle of the movie now here. He's kind of starting to accept what's going on and really start to fit in. Cut um, to montage cut of to getting montage, good at everything, being deaf. Everything being good now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, Sophia, do you know anything? And, you know, I only ask you cause you would know more than me. And if you don't, that's totally fine. But like, is there any, like, 
Do you know of any communities that deal with like addiction and deafness or people who are dealing with deafness who turn to addiction or things like that? Do you know anything about those correlations? Or is that kind of unique um, to, to this movie as far as you know? To my knowledge, it's unique to this movie, but it doesn't seem a stretch to me that someone who suddenly goes deaf when they love music and is an addict might turn to some relapses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, sure. that doesn't seem like a stretch to me. Like he's already a very unstable person. Yeah, and for someone, it's also because he's in a hearing culture. Like deaf people, if you're in a deafness, is also usually genetic. So. Mm. Um, your grandparents could be deaf, your parents could be deaf, and then you have siblings who are deaf. So when if if you have if you have all deaf family, it's not as much of a shock that you're learning ASL and that you're ingrained in that culture. Right. And also if you suddenly like if you're a parent that had a hearing kid, you'd be expected like to teach them ASL and everything. It's kind so of I unique. think it's just more of a shock for him. So it's kind of more unique to this movie that we'd have a character that is kind of blindsided by this thing that's happening to him. Whereas like yeah, nor- normally you, you would you would maybe know growing up that this is something that could that could happen to you. True. Or so or there's someone in your life already that that is dealing with it, so you would learn ASL or, or something like that. Yeah, thankfully he had the camp, because a lot of people who begin to go deaf, such as my dad, you know, they're not in deaf culture, they, you know, yeah. they don't have connections. Mm-hmm. Damn. <sighs> it's a cool movie. I like this movie a lot. It's a cool movie. Yeah. It is a good movie. Do you have any take. other uh, notes on things, Sophia? You did all this, all the all the um, research. I don't not, know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not deaf culture related, but there's just something I noticed the second time watching. Yeah, you don't have to um, only talk about so, deaf stuff. You're allowed to talk about whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. Don't let us uh, pigeonhole uh, you. Thank you for the permission. <laughs> you, of course, anytime. <laughs> um, so you know Ruben's girlfriend Lou who um, struggles with self-harm. Like, you see in the very first shot of the movie, she has the scratches on her arms. Yeah. And later, when she's leaving to get on the plane, she's saying, like, if you hurt yourself, I wanted to hurt myself too, so I have to leave. When they reunite in Paris, I only noticed it the first, the second time watching. You know, when we're laying in bed and they're reuniting. Yeah. She's scratching herself. I didn't notice that the first time. Mm. Like I noticed she was getting more anxious. And but yeah, like when a, he brings up the like band real, and tour, that's a real tick that uh, self harm people have is that they'll kind of like s- s- scratching. It kind of like starts that way when there's like a something anxiety inducing happening. Like that's like a real. That's also accurate in a lot of ways. <laughs> Okay. To me, that was yeah. that was the moment that made Ruben's de- decision to leave make sense. Like as soon as he sees that Lou is almost immediately returning to kind of the bad habits um, from their relationship with each other, or like you know that those connections to that lifestyle that she had obviously already moved on from. That's what really made the decision, or he when he made the decision that like I need to leave and move on to. And poor Ruben, when he was trying to listen to her sing that French song, it was hard. That was a rough moment. That was so heartbreaking. Ironically, her kind of solo noise project that they showed him watching on YouTube for like thirty seconds probably would have sounded okay with those cochlear implants. I don't know. Maybe could have added another uh, layer to. That I mean, type the of, whole like, point is music. it doesn't sound good. So, like, that's you know, 
Oh, maybe. <laughs> Uh, I, I I like the the scenes towards the end of the movie where he's in France. I really like we get him so briefly, but I really like her father. Her father is such a good character. Yeah, it's such a cool character, and yeah. he's so like he he does so much in such a little amount of time where he communicates like you know my daughter's been taken from me twice. I hold a lot of resentment towards you, but I'm French, so I'm pretty fucking cool. I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> so we're gonna, like, we're, we're gonna work I'm this out. I've immediately eggs. forgiven you, you because of how fucking eggs. cool I am. We'll give you some eggs. Yeah. So, so I like that. Uh, he was a very, he was a very cool character. And then just like you know, I, I, I do like that we, we were able to have Lou become a little bit more fleshed out in, in that last act of the movie. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I think I, I really like that actress. Uh, shout out to Bates Motel, which is kind of just a fine show, but I watched the entire thing. And she's in that. And uh, Ready Player One. She's and in that Meet too. Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh, there you go. And uh, But yes, I really liked um, learning more about her and having her become a little bit more fleshed out towards the end. I thought it was very interesting because she, in the beginning of the movie, was kind of just like, you know, her, her her place in the beginning of the movie was like, you know, another another thing that has to get stripped away from him because of, of his hearing loss, you know. So it's it's cool to see her kind of come more to fruition and then his ultimate decision being based on you know him realizing that he he is that toxic presence in her life and and you know maybe it does mean to like kind of throw it all away and start a new toxic is the right word but he is he is that linkage to a part of her life that she is clearly put to get behind her yeah for sure um that that makes it that much more like the the ending so much more tragic also because he has decided he is now pretty much given up on going back to the lifestyle that he had before but he's also now destroyed the lifestyle that he had built in the deaf community and he's just kind of if he took stuck out, somewhere in between i mean if he took out his implants could he return to the deaf community you know i don't know would people, oh, would, people some... accept, would people accept him in that way or or i don't well he's he has like the thing there's like the the part that's in his head like there's the obvious scars but if he you know like as you see at the end of the movie he can totally take out the top piece anytime there's actually a lot of stories of like kids who get the implant and they just hate it and rebel and they like flush it down the toilet and their parents are upset because it costs like thousands of dollars a lot of of money Mm -hmm. yeah but there's like that's a totally like totally a thing do you think in the way that and in the movie was clear about, you know, communicating this, do you think he would be kind of forgiven for his betrayal, for his rejection of that community? Because it really seems like that was a it, it, it doesn't matter if he's wearing the the implants or not. The choice was that he he made the choice to f- try to fix it. Um, oh, and as yeah. you said, Sophia, it's something that the, the community views as something that is not to be fixed. Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't recommend him going back to Joe. Joe's gonna still be pissed. But if he like didn't tell anyone he has the implant and he just you know didn't use it ever again, he could like live a life with the deaf community and they don't have to know. But maybe so not maybe, that deaf community yeah. specifically, though. Yeah, maybe not that camp because they're they will probably still hold the grudge. Yeah, that's a bummer, but I also understand. I mean, that's the thing about community is that you know. They can be very welcoming, can be a source of, of great healing and great, you know, uh, inner growth 
But, you know, if you fuck him over, then it's like, it's, it's, he, he spat in their face a little bit. And it's a bummer, because, like, I would like to envision an ending where he, you know, he finds, uh, I forget the exact line that Joe says. It's very beautiful, though, where it's like... Peace, uh, I guess. Stillness, maybe. Stillness. stillness well, like, well, it, was yeah. it si- he, he finds silence as, like, the kingdom of God, right? Mm. At the end of the yeah. movie, he finally finds, he, he finds peace in silence. And he, he's able to, to be still. Finally, which is the thing he he always struggled with, and is what Joe is like tried to impart to him. Um, and I thought that was a very good like kind of thematic ribbon, if, if not maybe a little obvious. I thought it was very very powerful in that way. Like him, it, it, there is some silver lining to him, you know, kind of really destroying all ends of his life, you know, and, and to have a character with such a drive and and not a bad dude, but just his his drive and his kind of hard headedness, you know, his thick skull really is what kind of ruined his life in a lot of ways, but he's still, but he's able to find the one thing he's kind of always needed, which is stillness and peace. And, and maybe through that like type of like newfound meditation, he can, he can blossom into something new and great again. We'll see. Yeah. I love the ending of the movie. I think they accomplish everything you just described and like, they just accomplished so much in a very short period of time in the end of the movie with no, no word said at all, which I think is really, it's something. Yeah. Did you guys know before watching the movie, like, you can take the piece off a cochlear implant? Because when he went to Paris, like, before he went to the apartment, and it was just bothered by the noise, I was thinking in my head, like, just take it off. Just just take it off. You can put it back on. Well, I think <laughs> I don't that's, know if that's you guys probably thematic that. for, you know, what he's trying to accomplish, right? He is, he is, he probably already knows that this is not going to, like, he's not going to tr- work out. But he's really yeah. trying to make it work. He wants know? to be normal. He, or quote-unquote normal. Yeah. He wants to, what he he wants to go back to normal, what he had he wants before. To yeah. yeah. So he's fighting through the, you know, discomfort. tooth and nail. He's fighting yeah. through the dif- discomfort. And even the reality of the situation he's fighting. Like, you know, he tells um, Lou that, you know, I love the song and stuff. Where we all fucking know he can't hear exactly what's going on you know? hey lou that sounds like shit yeah honestly it's it's sounded really it sounded out of like, our old material way you, better you it was like a creepy thing? carousel this, or like this, a creepy merry-go-round yeah <laughs> this french stuff is garbage we gotta we gotta you gotta start screaming again um i also you know i, I mentioned in in the spoiler free chunk but you know the way the movie uh on a sound perspective really uh jumps between like how he's hearing and how like we would hear it the mm-hmm. way the movie kind of does and yeah, like, there's there's no real way to um visually show that it's so auditory and and it's such like a texture that like for us as like hearing audiences it's very interesting and uh the way that the movie also tries to like show us how anxiety inducing being someone with these implants in a in an area with a lot of sound can be really just kind of like just painfully overwhelming where you know we've been in cities and things before i think i think we all have um and like you know we can be before you know that can be anxiety inducing or even maybe like you know maybe peaceful to some having all that noise uh in the background but like when you have those things it's kind of like it's really you know overloading whatever that newly added sense is to you and i thought that i thought they they really communicated that very well and made me as an audience member feel that anxiety which i thought was very effective it's going to be a weird year for the Oscars, but I could definitely see. I think this movie should get some sort of nod for sound editing or mixing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think Rizzo Mod should also at least be nominated for, Absolutely. for this actor. It's, He's so good in this yeah. movie. 
And in the, the work he put in to learn ASL and like he learned all this stuff. He did. I think I read that he did half the movie with with like sound blockers in his ears, so he could really do. And if that, he didn't you know, know how to play drums before, he learned something. I think he did this. learn how to play drums as well. So. Yeah. So like even like you know the behind. I, I'm not sure how much the Oscars weigh. You know the the what happens out what happens leading into the role you know but uh did they give ryan gosling the uh the oscar for la la land i can't remember i don't think he won that year i don't even know mm-hmm. if he was i don't did even he know nominated? if he was nominated no i don't know because oh, he learned how to play piano so he did the, he did like a the moonlight actor one. Oh, um marshall ali yeah you might be right. are we sure we're we're remembering correctly which one they announced and which one actually won well, best picture is the one where it gets. Picture. That's the one where it gets a little fuzzy. But. <laughs> that one was Moonlight. Yeah. Are you sure? Not I think sure. So. Moon, the Moonlight's the one that takes place in LA, and they're all dancing, right? Mm, can't remember. Hmm. Hmm. Got any other thoughts else? on Sound of Music? I'm. I, on the I Sound of I, Music. I got nothing sound on the Sound of Music. music. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Sophia? Anything else about uh, this flick? This flickeroonie? Um, there's just a little uh, PSA I'd like to give to other listeners um, about deaf culture. Please. If you're in a position where you're buying a new face mask for the COVID era, um, 2020 has really hit the deaf community and the deaf minority culture um, because they rely on lip reading, they rely on facial expressions. Facial expressions is literally part of the language of sign language. Um, like for my for my ASL class, we wore plastic masks. Um, if you're in a position where you're buying a new mask, try to look for a plastic mask, a clear one. Um, not only is it just nice for other hearing people because you can like see each other's faces, and it's just I think better for our mental health. <laughs> but um, for the deaf community it's really important because um they can read your lips they can see your facial expressions and it just makes communication easier so if you can try to find one do you know any places where people can find clear masks sophia i'm still i know the only fda approved one online is the one we used at school and it's it's expensive um there's a lot of options on amazon for cheaper ones i'm still in the middle of trying to find one that is like doesn't completely fog up as you're wearing it. That's a, that's a tough thing, right? If it, it's it going to do to what my glasses do when I wear the mask to my mouth face. Yeah. I don't know. Tell. The nicest ones I've seen, I haven't got my hands on one yet. There's some homemade ones that are fabric, but have a little clear plastic strip by your mouth. And those are great because they don't fog up as much. They're very easily washed and they're mm-hmm. deaf friendly. So if you can find one of those, awesome. All right, listener, we heard it here. If Thanks you for the PSA. Uh, if you're looking for another mask, try and find one that's clear so you can so you can really help the deaf community communicate with you as well, and you communicate. And it's nice them. for everyone. It's good for everybody, and it co- it's probably the same amount of money. I don't know. Just do it. God damn it. Um, all right. Anything else, <laughs> guys, about so. Sound of Metal? I think that's about it. I'm you, got, you got it all tapped Jack. out. All right. Good movie. Well. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship between you and Hot Takes and other Story of Screen podcasts. Uh, we'll have to have you on thank to not just talk me. about... Of course, we'll have to have you on for things that are not just regarding deaf culture. Um, but we yeah, really any appreciate other, any your Any other uh, communities that you're, you're, you're informed on that you want to 
The teacher Could, uh, community. Tap the teacher into. Community. There you go. Uh, All right. If we watch Bad <laughs> Education, we'll uh, we'll have you on that episode as well. Eleanor and I have been watching a teacher. That FX that show that's on Hulu. Is it good? Uh, probably no. I haven't started that no. one. <laughs> it's not good. It, it's looks, one of those, it looks creepy. I'm a little afraid to watch it. It's one of those shows that is handling a very serious subject matter, um, but is also just at the same time trying to be like an entertaining drama. Yeah. See, that's why I'm nervous to watch so... it, because I don't want them to make something serious like a joke. Well, it's about it's about grooming. It's about a teacher who grooms her student uh, and uh, has an affair with her student who Ooh. is. Uh, yeah. Yes, so gross. it's like very serious in that way. But at the same time, kind of romanticizes and makes it's like that show. You have you watched that show? That's you? what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I was wondering like if it was like you. Where it's like handling school. a very subject, serious subject matter that the really hurts people yeah. and yeah. kind of like toes that line of maybe sexualizing slash glorifying it in a way that's kind of gross the show's not over yet it hasn't resolved but i may be problematic i don't know if you have to wait for a show to like deal it's like actually we're saying that this is wrong hand for like eight hours of tv i don't think that's really the way well it start. it's funny this show starts and stops every episode with uh, a content warning about grooming and also a message that says like if you uh, are suffering abuse or you need help, you're not alone and like gives you a like hotline well, to call, which is good. That's good. But at yeah. the same time, it comes right after scenes where like this student and the teacher are like having sexy fun time with each other. So it's like, I don't so know like, why you're portraying how, how harmful this is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, there's a teacher. Mm. There's that. So you could maybe watch that listener if you'd like. Maybe not. Um, probably not. Yeah, probably don't do that. Well, thank you guys so much Gross. for joining me. Um, this is not the only podcast on StoriesFromBeacon.com. StoriesFromBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. Just head over to our website and look at all of our amazing content. We also have a members-only page that's only $5 a month that has even more content on there. And while you're on that website, you can look up Showtimes if there's ever movie theaters again. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I'm losing Hopefully. my mind. I'm painfully depressed. Uh, if there are also... movie theaters again, we'll be the only game in town because AMC and Regal are out yeah, of here. Yeah, they're not doing so good. So at least come to ours. Um, also oh my god, the... I just realized something. What's that? At the drive-in, people recognize my voice as the cinema ghost. So I mm. really hope they there is someone out there who says, wow, the cinema ghost wow. is on a podcast. Finally, been trying to get the cinema ghost <laughs> on well, you, hot you takes revealed, for... You revealed yourself as cinema ghost now so so there you go um all right guys well thanks again and thank you guys for listening we'll be back with more hot takes very very soon